Marilyn Manson. There was also oh. the rumors about Marilyn well, Manson yes, that was yes, similar. Yes, yes. Not not similar, but just yep. like that he removed mm-hmm, ribs for a mm-hmm. certain purpose. And right. You heard that one. I did. Okay. And similar thing. Was there anybody who came to school with like a hey guys? Here's a newspaper that's saying that, or was it just like everybody just knew it one day? Uh-huh. One day somebody said it and everybody knew that same rumor. <laughs> we grew up in different cities. Yes. And we both know the same rumor. Well, yeah. Same thing with Richard Gere in this gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> and this particular gerbil. <laughs> well, it might have been multiples. We don't know. It's- Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you made it to us, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Maybe, maybe I, I do. do, and if you ever hear anything on one of our podcasts that you want to talk more about, that you want to just continue the conversation on, in fact, just rom-com conversations in general, they happen on our Instagram account, at Rewind. Um, do you remember the person, somebody recently messaged us and talked about how they listened to us at like 1.5 speed? Because you can do that, by the way, on Spotify. (laughs) You know, the other day I was just kind of fiddling around with it and I realized you can also, not only can you listen to something on 1.5 speed, you can also listen to us at 0.5 speed, (laughs) which honestly, guys, makes it sound like we've smoked so much weed. Oh my God. I actually was like... When Devin showed me, I was crying. Well, d- d- feast your ears on this <laughs> mess. And and your brother's mug was something like a little monsters or whatever. Like it was sponsored <laughs> by like a a children's yeah uh, children's clothing store. store yeah. yeah, yeah. And Sarah, uh, her soccer team was sponsored by. I swear to God, guys, (laughs) this is so on brand for Sarah. If you know our girl Sarah, she is the pinnacle of lawfulness. Oh, my God. Our local police department (laughs) is the freaking sponsor for you. Soccer team. I really liked that team too. <laughs> I think we won that year. <laughs> I think we won that year. I guess my laugh, if you slow it down, makes me sound really, really stoned. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Like a stone Dracula, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's, uh, you know, you don't need to do that, but we just we happened upon it. So, um, oh you know, you can I'm enjoy crying that. crying again. So funny. <laughs> so Maybe I Do is a new 2023 romantic comedy. It's currently on Netflix, written and directed by uh, Michael Jacobs, based on his own play called Cheaters. This is the story of Michelle and Alan played by Emma Roberts and Luke Bracey. Well, it's not actually the story of them. It's the story of, I guess, how they pulled a group of people who are all cheating on each other together. We also meet Howard and Monica, played by Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon. Uh, literally, the first scene in the film is like a they're in a hotel room together, and Monica is throwing herself at Howard. He wants none of it because we learn both of them are already married. They're cheating. 
Then we meet Grace, played by Diane Keaton, and Sam, played by William H. Macy. After watching a very sad movie together, they go off on a magical night and spend some time at a motel together, and Grace and Sam are also already married to other people. In fact, they're individually (laughs) married to those two other people we already met, and all of those people are the parents of Michelle and Alan, and nobody knows any of those facts. So that's, I know I revealed a little bit about the film to you right off the top, which I don't normally do, but it's kind of the entire premise. It is. So what are your thoughts on Maybe I Do? I'm naked under this. What are we doing here? I'm underdressed. I could be asking the same questions at home with my wife. You walk out that door, I'm going to figure out how to kill you and get away with it. I really can't do this if there's a ring on my finger. That's how it's done? Those are professionals. The symbol of our love. This ring means commitment. Where the hell is a ring? Yeah. Mom. Honey. Michelle wants to marry me. She wants me to be happy with her in the future. I think that sounds romantic. (laughs) I think it's science fiction. I wanted to like it so bad. I wanted to love this movie because of the cast and the trailers but like it kind of makes me depressed to grow old there's like an (laughs) entanglement of like young love and then there's also like this story that's pretty much takes up the majority of the movie when you get old you don't have that anymore and it's like this struggle that all of all of these characters have to to know if they still love each other to know if love still exists and like i don't know it was just it was not a comedy well yeah that so i've got two griefs about this film i actually did enjoy watching it yeah like sorry i didn't hate it i i did like it but i just it wasn't what i thought it was going to be at all well i'm gonna agree with you i think they didn't know what they wanted this <laughs> film to be i'll be on that that's my Good perception point. of it because yeah. there are times where it's really funny and even you watch the trailer you're like oh this is a funny movie and really <laughs> what it is is that there's like one really spectacular funny scene and sequence of events and outside of yeah. that and like like during those events it it doesn't take itself seriously at all. And it's very funny Mm -hmm. and the jokes are easy, but then the rest of the movie, it takes itself extremely seriously. And you're kind of like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Am I Mm -hmm. supposed to be laughing along with this? Because the subject matter is a little bit serious. And then there are times where they're very serious and you're like, I swear to God, we were just laughing at this shit guys. And now we're like, no, but it's serious. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't, I don't know where I'm supposed to be going here. Yeah. And like, I don't know. There just wasn't a ton of like substance to this, to the movie either like I there was a lot of writing and so like there was a lot of like script lots of um lots of dialogue and conversation between the characters and and a lot of deep conversations within the characters like that were that conversations were having and I just I did not expect it to be that drama filled in terms of like comedy drama romance like I I wanted so much to like this movie like I said I didn't hate it but I, I liked it yeah. but it was a bit of a lunch bag let down like yeah. I, just with the cast and everything I was expecting a lot more well that's my it? other grief with the film oh okay I so so who do you think is the star of this film Sarah I think I think we think we know who the star of the <laughs> film is but like it's not it's Okay, you you tell me who, who well, the star in the film I, is. I think the star when I watch this film is Emma freaking Roberts. Yeah. I feel like well, she glows to be, I think. every time she enters a scene. 
and and uh, Emma Roberts, I think, is well on her way to being a mega star. She might be there already. Like a couple more breaks, and she's like mm-hmm. she's pretty close to that like Margot Robbie level of like ah, you're just one or two big yeah big films away from being that person. Every moment she was on on screen was a joy, and she's on in, in the movie for like five minutes every 30 minutes. It's like they dangle this carrot of, hey, look at this. Wow, isn't she so talented? And now let's watch a bunch of old people argue for 30 minutes, and then she's going to come back, guys. And you're like, wow. I I love Richard Gere. William H. Macy was solid. Diane Keaton was interesting. Susan Sarandon was funny, but her character was tough to love. And I think Her character had a massive edge. Yeah, which is okay, but I just felt like Emma Roberts was like... The glowing the breath star. of fresh air yes. in the movie. And there just wasn't yeah. enough of it. I, I thought like, why? where is she this whole time? Yeah, I think I think the stars of this movie were the four characters who, who were having an affair, right? 100%. Um, and I think that it was supposed to be a love story about how Alan and Michelle's love reinvigorated the... the um, the couple's love for each other and and or to discover love elsewhere, you know, to come to terms to that. Sure. But I think something that they I think they did Diane Keaton dirty in this movie a little bit <laughs> okay. because she was wearing turtlenecks again. Those dang turtlenecks from Something's Gotta Give. Yeah. She was wearing turtlenecks again. I swear to God, Jack Nicholson already ripped those <laughs> off of her. Like, they, she cut yeah, he cut them off with the scissors. With Let it be. Scissors, guys. Yeah. That's but, definitive. But a big thing, like we talk about, oh, like the old people, they're not old. <laughs> like they're older, yes, yeah. but they're not like, you know, in their ni- in their eighties and nineties. They're not prehistoric well, for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, yes, they're old, but like they just made them seem so much older than they needed to be in this movie. And l- like I said, this was still an enjoyable yes. watch. It's just like it, it's almost one of those movies that are frustrating to watch because there are some easy things that I feel would elevate this film. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like the, the potential's there and that's what makes some of those frustrations a little bit bigger because it was enjoyable. Anyway, yes, but, yes. Yeah, like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I liked it. Yeah. I just, I think my expectations of the movie were a lot higher. This is one of my fantasy draft movies. That's right. So, oh yeah, so this is sitting deep with you. This, well, This wasn't yeah. reviewed well by critics either. So yes. you're like, oh shit. Yes, and I don't know when we can do it, but I did change one of my movies. So oh, do it right now. What's your oh, movie change? Whoa, okay. My movie change is, um, can, you, can we go through the movies that I have? Yeah, you have those movies in front of you. I what, do. What do you got? Okay, so these are my top five movies that are in my fantasy draft. Number five, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Number four, Shotgun Wedding. Three, Irish Wish. Two, Maybe I Do. And one, Barbie. I will be changing. So to be clear, yes. you can only change out movies that aren't out yet and Correct. aren't being reviewed. So Barbie's Correct. up for grabs, which you're definitely not going to no, get I'm rid of. No, I'm not going to change. Irish Wish you can get rid of. Correct. Red, and White, and Royal Blue, is that out yet? It's not out yet. Okay. Yes. So which one? I will be taking out Irish Wish. Oh, Lindsay Lohan. I know. Goodbye. I haven't heard any t- any nothing. Ab- I, oh my god, I haven't heard anything about the release date. So, I I'm going to take that out and I'm going to replace it with my Big Fat Greek Wedding three. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I you know what what's that like old quote? Don't interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. We can just move on and continue. <laughs> oh, you think and, I'm making a mistake? Well, oh, like, I don't are we think so. are we we ready to stamp that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just okay. That uh, is my official bit, change. A little bit. Why? 
I don't know if my ah, yeah my big fat Greek wedding three because it's it's a lot like the Mamma Mia movies where like there are just people who are diehards of the first one. Yes. And the first one was a masterpiece in both regards. So I think maybe it'll just review well because of that. You know what? But uh, I think it's going to be a great, great movie. Lindsay I'm Lohan. really excited. I know. I know. I'm sad to take it out, but I did see the trailer for Red, White, and Royal Blue, and it looks good. Okay. So you're leaving that in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you're not going to get rid of Barbie, obviously. No, absolutely not. Um, let's dive into this movie for Sarah, Maybe I Do, which, by the way, our rom-com rewind fantasy draft, essentially at the beginning of the year, we both drafted five movies apiece, and the deal is we score based on how well they're, one, reviewed by critics, and two, reviewed by the audience. So this movie is on Sarah's team. It has a 61 audience score, which is not bad, a 36 critic score, though. Anyway, let's dive into the movie. So we have Sam. We meet Sam. He's in a movie theater sitting by himself and he meets Grace. And Sam is in the movie theater sobbing into his bag of popcorn and Grace goes over to see how he is. They then chat about how they're at the movies by themselves and they kind of hit it off. We then meet Monica and Howie or Howard in a hotel room and they're talking about living their best lives and what they're going to do there and how they're having an affair and they're cheating on both of their spouses. And Monica could care less. She really wants to get on with it. And then Howie's really having second thoughts. He's like, you know what? I think I'm done with this whole affair thing. And just to be clear, because I found the actors and actresses very hard to keep track of. So Howie, that is Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon are in a hotel room together. On the other side, Dan Keaton and William H. Macy are in the movie theater and he's blubbering away. Question, what's the last thing... Uh, what's the last movie you cried at the theaters, though? At the theaters. Like, I'm in public. There are people around. Oh, you know what? I remember absolutely sobbing um, for um, Avengers Endgame <laughs> when when Tony Stark dies. But, I mean, I've said this on the pod before. Um, I sobbed again when I was five years old at The Lion King. <laughs> Uh, when, <laughs> when, when Mufasa died, when Mufasa naturally. fell off that cliff, I literally, and I was trying to hold it in. Like, you don't want anybody to see that you're crying. And then there's little five-year-old me in between my aunt and my mom, <laughs> just like trying to like hold it in. But you know what? The best thing, and this, this was at the Avengers Endgame movie. I tried to like hold it in, but the best thing, you got to go see 3D movies because you get those glasses. So at least that'll like cover your eyes a little bit. That's why Sarah always wants yeah. to go to 3D yeah. movies. And I have like double, right? So like I, I wear glasses when I go to the movies and then on top of them, I have 3D glasses. So it's like double protection for my eyeballs when I'm sobbing. I was going to try to make a... Yeah, no, I was going to make a bad joke. Um, <laughs> but and wow, the skills. Yes. So you've really thought about like what happens when I cry at a movie theater. I better just have 3D glasses on. I also I cried that's great. during Avengers Endgame. Mm. Spider-Man No Way Home, though. Oh, okay. That one got you me. sobbed then. Yeah, I cried. You did cry, actually. I remember sitting beside you. Anytime you're in a superhero movie, because let's be real, the, the demographic is largely guys. So as a guy, if you're crying in a superhero movie, you're like, holy shit, keep it together. This is super embarrassing. You need a pair of those 3D glasses. It's weird to do it when it's not a 3D movie, <laughs> though, to be fair. That's a little strange. But so now we now we know our, our couples, or at least at least the people that they're cheating with. And then we also meet our two stars. We meet Michelle and Alan. That's Emma Roberts 
Luke Bracey, they're at a wedding. And I actually have something for this too because we meet them at the moment of the bouquet toss. Right. They're really doing this? She's throwing it to Michelle. Michelle catches the flowers. You get married next. Your life's all set. Why is that like a contractual obligation? If the bride throws her bouquet and some random girl catches it, she is supposed to be the next to get married. I've got a list of the worst wedding traditions because I think the bouquet toss is ridiculous. And let's be real, it's a guy saying this, so like ignorant male speaking, but I think it's so stupid. Why? I I didn't toss my bouquet because I actually like dried it out and then like put it into like a display. Not before it sat in our basement hanging upside yes, down. Yes, because I was for like drying it out. Year. It, it wasn't like, a year. Like, I was drying it out so that it could be perfection. It was like um, a meat locker, but for plants. It was really creepy. But I also do want to. Yeah, it was actually really. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a odd. little creepy walking in, especially like into the laundry room at night because it's in the basement. I do want to talk about, though, that one wedding that we went to and oh, they yeah. fought over the bouquet. Yeah, so the bouquet flies up into the air, yes. it's descending, mm-hmm. and two girls grasp it at the yes. same time and like i've seen like not scuffles but i've kind of seen like one person always wrenches it away from the other if there's ever two people who get it i've never seen people fight over a bouquet this one went to the ground yes this was like ufc style like both of them were hanging on yeah for and dear then, life and then they were wrenching back and forth it went to the ground yes. and they were like fully yeah the best part was the person on the ground was very pregnant like was she she needed to get married you already put a baby in me how are we not married i was like why is this happening and a friend of ours that we were at the wedding with actually got it on boomerang like that was back when instagram like you could only do a boomerang so she had to get it right the moment so she she freaking nailed it i think she still got that video we could never post it yeah (laughs) i i actually think i have the video but yeah i i don't know where it is but yes quite quite the video so how do we feel about smashing the cake though we didn't do a cake. We had pies. Yeah, we had pies. So we, we, we hate traditions so much. We didn't even do cake. <laughs> They're talking about, do you smash cake. the cake or not? We're like, what do you mean cake? <laughs> yeah, we didn't even have a cake. Um, Not seeing each other before the wedding ceremony. We also didn't do that shit. Um, Yeah, we did. Oh, no, we didn't because we took pictures before the ceremony. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. We did the look thing yeah. with our photographer. Oh, yes, the first like, look. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're definitely like stepping away from like the um, the absolute traditions, but like it's like morphing into different stuff, right? Yeah, it's it's putting your own spin on some of those traditions. Right. So at the wedding, though, Alan, Luke Bracey's character, the, the bouquet goes up in the air. Michelle's about to grab it yeah. and he like full on NFL cornerback just does a leaping dive and he grabs it. Yes. Because he was panicking because everybody said, hey, this is... You're next. This is Michelle's. Everybody knows to she's just going to get Step away. Um, and of course, Michelle is very upset because she thinks this relationship's going a certain way. Alan talks about how he's happy in the relationship, but he just doesn't believe in marriage. It's the fault of his parents, we learn later. And we learn who his parents are, and it is their fault. But anyway, yes, I digress. That's the story with Michelle and Alan. She's very upset with him. She wants to get married. He doesn't believe in it. Yes. So Sam and Grace end up after going to the movies together. They hit up a coffee shop together and they chat more. And then they head back to a motel where originally they were going to go to sleep together and, and have an affair. But then they just sit there eating fried chicken and watching porn. 
They're a very, like, kind of dorky, innocent, sweet pairing. I mean, obviously, they're not together. But, yeah, they're just kind of, like, it's interesting what both of these, like, cheating situations really tell about their significant other. It feels like Sam being William H. Macy and Grace... They just want to feel more connected to their partner. I was just about to say, they want the love. They're missing the love in their lives. They're missing those conversations. They're missing, yeah, they're just missing some connection emotionally with their partner. Whereas Howard, Richard Gere, and Susan Sarandon, Monica, Monica seems like she just wants to get laid. Yeah. And I think Richard Gere in Howard is kind of having a little bit of a crisis. Like, I think so. I think you're right. Like, I think he's looking for something, but isn't sure where he's going to find it and then by spoiler by the end of the movie he does realize that it it is with his wife yeah but i think they lost the like the physical the spark spark. exactly yeah so we're back at howie and monica and um they've been doing this for four months so they've been meeting up at this hotel and they've been having an affair and it seems like howie doesn't want to go through with this anymore she tells him that if he's leaving she's going to figure out how to kill him which I thought that was pretty funny. And I, I they kind of follow through more so in, in later on in the movie, which also kind of full circles. And it's quite funny. Um, like there's little comedic pieces sur- woven throughout. She gives uh, she's given me Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. Kind oh, my of God. Yes. Like just like I'm the queen of this shit. I'm rich. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just exude confidence. And she walks up to like the, the hotel, not the concierge, but just like the, the person at the hotel. And she kind of just tears a strip out her, off her for no reason at all. She is feeling older mm. and she doesn't want to because the con- like the person at the front desk calls her ma'am. And she says, ma'am, you're going to get here one. You're going to get here sooner than you think. Like yeah. she knows that she's older, but um, I think she ha- she's having her own little crisis where she doesn't want to get older. You know, she totally. she's having a hard time with that. Lots of crises in yes. this film. So Michelle and Alan get home and she is pissed at him for not letting her grab the flowers. And they're still fighting. He thinks that their relationship is as good as it is. It He doesn't want to change anything. But she thought it was actually going somewhere and she wants something more. And... She tells him that you basically have one day to figure out what you want. Do you want to get married to me and move on to the next steps or are are we breaking up? Yeah. So Grace is sitting at home after meeting with um, Sam. So after the movies and the hotel situation. Um, and her <laughs> and hus- then they took a long walk after yes, that. But yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. And her husband, Howie, comes home and she asks how the card game was. So that's how he gets out of being at home is that he goes to play cards, I guess, with some friends when he really has an affair and says that he left before he got killed. Ha ha. (laughs) Michelle then walks in. So we we know now that those are Michelle's parents, Grace and Howard. And she tells her parents that it's now at a point where she's either going to get married with Alan or break up. And her parents are very sympathetic. They're very, you know, they're by her side. They're, you know, going to see it through and make sure that she needs whatever she needs. They'll be there for her at Sam's house. Their son comes home and that's Alan. His mom comes down the stairs and it's Monica. So we now know that Monica is dating Sam. Sorry, not dating that they're married. They're married. Monica and Sam are married. Howard and Grace are married. Each of them individually are 
have had some kind of uh, cheating moment with the other person's spouse. If so, that makes sense. Yeah. So Alan comes home to think about getting married and Sam is all for it. So his dad is all for it. But Monica's saying like, why change a good thing? So we definitely see that his confliction is because of both of his parents. He wants to believe in love like his father does. But I think his father, you know, himself is has really seen love die between him and his wife. And I don't think he really ever... Did he ever want to marry Monica? I don't know. Probably not. Like, like Sam feels like a hopeless romantic who, like you exactly said, like is jaded now on love, but he still believes it a little bit. Whereas Monica is just like, why would you ever do that? Like, that's that's crazy. That's absurd. Sam talks to Alan about love and and he is, you, you mentioned he's a little bit of a hopeless romantic. No, I think he's quite the hopeless romantic. He believes in love. He, he knows he doesn't have it with Monica, but he's staying with her because of their son, because without Monica, they wouldn't have had Alan. And, and he says that multiple times throughout the movie. And I thought that was really sweet, but he says, you know, when you, when you have a child, they're, they're given to you. You love them unconditionally. But when you grow up, you get to actually choose your partner. You get to choose who you love and who you spend the rest of your life with. And that's super powerful. And he said, like, if you truly love Michelle, don't let her go. This is my best scene, actually, because oh, of that, okay. that line. Yeah. Well, because, like, I mean, the other best scene is pretty easy. I thought. Yes, you'd... that's my best scene. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later so, on. Uh, yeah, no, this one, exactly like you said, he talks about, yeah, how when you have a child, you know, a doctor hands you the child and they're like, this one's yours. And you look at it and you're like, yeah, this one's mine. I'm, I'm going to love this one. Whereas with marriage and relationships, you that's that's the biggest choice of your life, right? So so he Alan then asks Sam if he'd do it all over again, if he'd married mom again. And he he says, because, you know, it took the both of us to make you. So, yes, he would do it all again because he has Alan. But otherwise, I don't think he would. I have in here. Diane Keaton is wearing turtlenecks again. Um, literally, I have that. You got an note. issue with turtlenecks, eh? <laughs> no, it's just like I. Why? Question: How yeah. many turtlenecks do you own? Sarah has a lot of clothes. Wait, total in my life or total right now? Total currently? right now I in think your life. Four. Four turtlenecks. Yeah. Love how you know exactly how many. How how many do you think Diane Keaton has? Some of them are mocks though, and I didn't I didn't uh, count the mock turtlenecks. Oh, naturally a mock turtleneck. You you can't count that. <laughs> Different classification <laughs> it of is. clothing items. It is. How it dare is. you even bring mocks into the conversation, oh Sarah? God, we we mocks. know. I love mock turtlenecks. Turtlenecks though, like they go really high. <laughs> I don't know. So the next yeah. day though, a phone call occurs. Yeah, so Michelle calls Alan the next day and says, you know what? Here's an interesting thing that's going to happen, but first, I miss you. I miss you too. Great. My parents want to have you guys over for dinner tonight. They think it would be nice if we all finally got together. I'd rather just get married. So I'll see you tonight? Instinctively a bad idea. Do it. So now this is, I mean, this would have been my best scene. I'm assuming it's Sarah's best scene. It is. Uh, the, this is kind of the climax of the movie already because <laughs> we have what Monica shows up. She meets Grace. They don't know each other yet. And when, of course, you must be Alan's mother. Monica, oh. it is so nice to finally meet oh. you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Howard Richard Gere <laughs> comes walking down the stairs and he actually has a really comedic like, oh my God, he looks like he's been <laughs> shot in the chest. Because he's seeing the woman he's cheating on his wife with. For four months. For four months in the house. 
Sorry, I'm a little late. Hey, hey. You can't kill me now. I got company. That's what? Funny. He's like, I've got people over. And she's like, I'm the people you have over. I'm the company. And he's slowly oh starting God. to figure it out. Like, holy shit. I've been sleeping with my daughter's boyfriend's mom? Yeah. Wow. Insane. And then who else comes to the door? Grace gets... So this is funny, actually, because Sam's already in the house. And he sees Grace walk by. And he <laughs> no, he this, hears something, the frack or whatever. But like she walks past like somewhere and he does like a backflip off yes. the couch. It's one of those funny things that like the first time you watch it, you can't really notice him. But there's like a bunch of people talking in the foreground and in the background, you see him sneak out of the house. And then at some point, the conversation dies down and Monica, Susan Sarandon's character is like, where's my husband? And like the door shuts and somebody's like, did he leave? You've met my mother. I'd like to introduce you to dad. Well, Alan, where is your father? Couldn't he make it? My husband. Did he leave us here? He left us here. And it was once again, very Lucille Bluth. Um, oh like God. I said, th this scene was so oh my God. funny. And then later so on, funny. like the, the introductions are continuing. There's a door. Somebody knocks at the door. Grace goes to answer the door. And it's Sam, who she just had that night with the night before. Yeah. So she, like, slowly closes the door on <laughs> Sam. And everybody kind of, like, connects all the dots. Like, holy shit. N not everybody, but, like, the people who are involved with each other. Yeah. They're, like, hunkering down for, oh, my God, this is... This is going to be horribly awkward. And yeah. everybody kind of says it like this is awkward. Yeah. And they each individually have like their own like conversations. So Monica and Howie have their own conversation over getting the drinks ready. Then outside we have Sam and Grace who have a conversation while she's giving him the, the outside tour of their home. And and I mean, Sam, Sam has it figured out that he is in love with Grace, that he wants to, you know, move things forward with their relationship, even though they just met and, but they talked the whole night and they know each other so well now, but it's that Sam wants a loving relationship. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be with grace, but grace is really sticking it out for Howie. Like he, she loves her husband. And then we have Monica who is definitely over her marriage. Um, and then Howie, um, who's very conflicted. I thought that the jokes in this scene and the scenes shortly thereafter were very, very well done. Susan Sarandon had some some great lines. William H. Macy had some hilarious physical <laughs> yes, comedy, I feel. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, Richard Gere, I think, is the only... Is it sad to say, like, he's the only one who I really thought... I was like, oh, I, I hope he figures it out. Everybody else, I'm like, yes. Susan Sarandon, you're a mess. Diane Keaton, like... She was she was very nervous. Like uh, her character was very like a nervous, naive, um, like I don't, fretful. I don't, yeah, you know? yeah. They they portrayed her very her character in a weird way, like very frail almost. Again, old, but not. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and William H Macy, like he was just funny, but like you you know he's that character that you're like I know he's not gonna end up with the girl at the end, but. You know, I, I, I'm poking holes at these person, these people's acting performances, but they oh, are. No, their acting performances were very well done. Very well done. And yes. like, I, I want to yes. talk overall career. So now we have all these four people mm -hmm. in a scene together. And I think that might be like one of the best in rom-com history, like a culmination of just amazing acting careers all slamming together at once. In fact, okay. I want to play a little game with you, Sarah. All right. 
Because I did do the research, the amount of awards and nominations and just things from those four actors and actresses in this film, their careers are spectacular. But I want to know, who has like reached the highest heights, do you think? So what I've compiled for you and RCR fam, please feel free to play along. What I consider to be Mm -hmm. each of these people's three biggest, best roles. Okay. And we can decide based on just these three massive movies who kind of hit the uh, hit the highest height? All right. Starting with our guy Richard Gere, I think he's a good he's a good candidate because you think you got you got Pretty Woman, mm-hmm. you got Chicago. Oh right. You got Runaway Bride. Okay. Those are the three I pick, and I mean somebody's yelling at their podcast right now because there are other great choices. Yes, I agree. Yes, there are. There are many good choices out there, but those are the ones I chose. I mean, those are definitely still within the rom com realm, right? So. Yeah. Uh, Susan Sarandon, I'm going to say Thelma and Louise. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Dead Man Walking might be unfamiliar for you, but... I was going to say I've never seen it. One Golden Globe for Best Actress. Oh, okay. So you got to have the Golden Globe when everyone's right. in there. And then Stepmom for her. Oh my God, I sobbed during that movie. Uh, Diane Keaton was okay. in Father of the Bride, obviously. Yes. First Wives Club. She oh, was also right. in The Godfather. Ah. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm blown away. And then William H. Macy, Fargo, the original movie, not the TV right. series. He was in that. Boogie Nights. And he actually has a lot of uh, other great films, but I'm going to throw at you the series Shameless. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I just like, it's so funny looking at his character in this and thinking of who he was in Shameless. I know. It's it's oceans apart. I was going to say. Those two, that, complete like, that, do, like opposite. Absolutely. So who do you think hit the higher heights? Okay, I'm going to go with Susan Sarandon. Really? Yes. And then Diane Keaton, Richard Gere, and then um, William, H. William H. Macy. <laughs> we have different lists. Do you? I would put Richard Gere at number one. Really? Oh, I, I just I just put Pretty Woman as like a top ten movie yeah, all time. It is no iconic, one hundred percent. But I just feel like Susan Sarandon has done such like such a a, um, a wide array of different movie characters. I agree. And I think I think her acting, her comedic timing, the the delivery of everything is just so good. I mean, yeah, Golden You could Globe say winner. that with everyone, right? Like, yeah. With, with all of these people. So I would say Richard Gere won. Um, then I'd say maybe Diane Keaton. Okay. Then Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. And then William H. Macy. It's just, you know what? Because, like, his focus was on Shameless, and it was absolutely stellar. His his character portrayal of in, in that TV show was amazing. But I just don't think he has the catalog that the others have. And he's also just like, I feel like when I think of the cover of Pretty Woman, for example, I can see that cover and I see Julia Roberts right. and Richard Gere yeah. and Runaway Bride. Same thing. Chicago. He's standing between the two ladies. Like same thing. Thelma and Louise. I can see Susan Sarandon's face. That yeah. Whereas like I look up William H. Macy's catalog and I see Air Force One and I'm like, shit, I know he wasn't on the cover of that. Right. You know, the Lincoln lawyer, Mm -hmm. that was Matthew McConaughey, right? Like, I I go through and I'm like, okay, like, he was like the second guy who was amazing in so many of these things. Whereas, like, Richard Gere, Susan Sarandon, Diane Keaton were like the leads. Main leads, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was fun. I didn't know that. Some of them, I like, I didn't know some of the movies that they were in. Dude, like, these people have, all of them, been in the industry for, like, Four decades, some of them five decades. Going back through their catalog is just mind-boggling. Well, in some of my quick facts, you'll know that they actually have, some of them have previously worked together, which I thought was really cool. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. 
So now we've, <laughs> everybody's kind of had their moment. It's all very awkward and uncomfortable. And we have this great scene. Yes. And then we get into kind of the, the dinner party portion of it where they're all kind of just hanging out, having beverages. Right. Yes. And I will say, I do want a whole movie on how Sam met Monica. Oh, you want like a prequel story? I do because like I just don't understand how they're how they're together. He does weave this wild tale. Yeah, he tells the story of how he loved somebody else, right? Previous. And then like how did they how do they end up together? Like if they're gonna go that far to say that they're no longer in love, well then and but that they once were, well you know what? Let's rewind it and I want to know I want to know their stories of how they initially got together before they had kids. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess that's my like what should have been. been. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Do you have one because yes, that feels like yeah <laughs> sorry it's just because like it was yeah woven in there so michelle takes a final stance after while all the parents are take are well everyone's having drinks and says you know what what's wrong with me now like what is holding you back from marrying me and she's doing it in front of everyone mm-hmm. what's wrong with me and he says nothing but it's only after she's left the room that he says that and then he runs after her and in that moment when she's talking to Alan, she realizes it's not because he doesn't love her. It's because of his own problems that he can't move forward with her, that it has nothing to do with her. It has to do with his parents. Right. Totally. So Howie and Grace have a full fledged deep convo in front of Monica and Sam and Monica and Sam just sit there listening to them. I found that really like a little bit disconjointed um but then monica and sam hash it out as well and this is all happening during drinks and monica wants to come clean about last night but before monica can grace jumps up and says we have something to come clean about too and then monica says me and howard she goes no (laughs) yeah me and sam and she's like what and so it's all out on the table and it's interesting because howie is just happy that grace had a good night even though it was some with someone else. He's not even mad at Sam. And Sam tells him, you know what? We just talked for hours. Like, we never slept together. It was just, you know, whatever. And then they proceed to almost fight each other in the living room. And then they hug it out. And we found out that Grace has loved Howie her whole life and just wants love from him. And I think we've kind of realized that Howie and... um Grace are going to stay together and they're going to make it work because that is also what Howie wants. So outside, Grace and Monica talk briefly and Monica says, you know, this was his first time doing this. You can stop him now. He was having a crisis. He's not unhappy with you, but unhappy with himself. And I think, you know, I think he's figured it out. He he knows what he needs to do. And the two men come out and Howie tries to apologize to Grace, but Grace gets up and walks away and Monica tells him to go after her. I also just want to add that Sam in this movie has the most heartwarming lines. It, they just they just make you feel so good. Yeah, because, I mean, once Grace storms off, Howie asks, you know, what happens now? And Monica kind of says, well, like, you go after her. And he says, why would she ever forgive me? And Sam says something along the lines of, like, because she thinks the best possible rest of her life is with you. Um, so sweet which is a beautiful line and then Sam and Monica sit down and they kind of hash out their own relationship and it's it's a different hashing out it feels more final it feels more like the relationship is over but she does ask you know like why did you stay so long and he said because we have a son and she said we love our son and he said you know 
we're the only people who could have made them kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of, it's, there's a little bit of duality in that, like Howard and Grace, there's still a path for them to get back. Sam and Monica, the way they're talking, it's like this relationship is over. We, we created a son out of our love. Now we don't really love each other anymore, but we still love our son. Right. Yes. And it took, and it took Michelle and Alan coming together and bringing their parents together to really have their parents, you know, fall back in love with each other or fall back in love with the idea of being loved and finding love again. Yeah. And then we, we fast forward to the wedding with Michelle and Alan. Yes. We see Sam not with anybody. We see Monica not with anybody, but we do see Howard and Grace together. He like puts some cake on her lips and she, well, she kind of stutters. Oh, and he kisses her and she, you're, you're right. They really, Diane Keaton is a fabulous actress. She is. But they really tee her up to be kind of just like, oh, I don't know, fretful and oh, mm-hmm. but what if people see us kissing and it's like, well, and, okay. And the way that it's written, she does a really good job because you believe it. You're like, oh, wow. It's just Diane Keaton. Like you don't see her that in that type of role often. So it was just like, oh, okay. It, correct. Correct. And I think that that's kind of our film. We're on to quick facts. This movie reunites Emma Roberts and Luke Bracey after the movie Holiday in 2020. In this movie, Richard Gere plays the father of Emma Roberts. In the movie Pretty Woman from 1990 and Runaway Bride from 1999, he fell in love with her aunt, Julia Roberts. This movie also reunites Diane Keaton with Richard Gere after looking for Mr. Goodbar in 1977, 46 years later. This movie also reunites Diane Keaton with Susan Sarandon after The Big Wedding from 2013, another film in which their respective characters had affairs. This also reunites Susan Sarandon with Richard Gere after Shall We Dance from 2004. In it, they play a married couple. In this one, they have a love affair. Michelle's vows to Adam. Wait, wait. So is that all of the connections? Yes. So William H. Macy is the only random who's like, I don't know any (laughs) of you people. Everybody else has like clear history. Michelle's vows to Adam are from the Old Testament, Ruth 116. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And before we wrap up quick facts. Mm -hmm. I do want to play a game with you. And RCR fam, feel free to play along with this game. Uh, Those four main stars that we talked about previously, William H. Macy, Susan Sarandon, Dan Keaton, Richard Gere. Yep. They've been in the industry for some of them five decades. Actually, I think now all of them have been in the industry for five decades. Wow. That is crazy. Exactly. They've all been in the limelight and celebrities for that long, which means... There have been many stories about them. Oh, my God. Many interviews have happened. (laughs) God, I can only imagine. And I have for you (laughs) real headlines. And I've picked, I've tried to pick very strange stories with each of these people. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to blank out their names. And you need to figure out who Mm. these headlines are referring to. Okay, let's do it. Who this happened to. And I'll I'll keep it all gender neutral. So it's Mm. harder to figure out. Perfect. This headline reads, uh, blank is their own harshest, harshest critic as they call themselves disgusting and quote, <laughs> stupid after watching a clip of themselves dancing to Miley Cyrus. Oh, okay. Who, who had the guilties about dancing to Miley Cyrus I'm and, it, gonna and it went around? S- I'm going to say Richard Gere. Richard Gere? Yeah. <laughs> is it no, right? No? no, it's not right. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just imagining Richard Gere actually dancing to Miley well, Cyrus. I feel like I mean, that's... like, 
if if he's embarrassed about it, I feel like it could be you know <laughs> dancing to Miley Cyrus. <laughs> that was uh, that was Diane Keaton. Ah, oh, she was my next guest. Okay. Uh, this person says, uh, happy to admit they've worn the same Simpsons-themed Simpsons. jacket since 1995. Who's had a jacket from the Simpsons since the mid-90s? I'm going to say uh, William H. Macy. No, that's a good guess, though. I mean, you know, <laughs> shot in the dark, I yeah. think the same. It, it was Susan it? Sarandon. Oh, you know what? I don't watch The Simpsons, so yeah. I don't know any like trivia for it. Yeah, so I guess she she voiced herself okay. on The Simpsons, oh, and then she voiced cool. a character. But I guess every time you do that, yeah. The Simpsons will send you a jacket what? with a patch of the character that you voiced. That is so cool, and like they have cool. it down on the side. I, I think so. That's yeah, awesome. That's really cool. Okay, so I, I started out with some tame ones because tame. we quickly we quickly devolve into madness. Okay. Uh, extreme madness, to be quite honest, right now. <laughs> this one reads, beef between blank and, and this is in quotations. Okay. So whoever we're talking about said this about Deborah Messing. Mm -hmm. Beef between blank and self-righteous Deborah Messing explodes on Twitter. Who thinks Deborah Messing is self-righteous, among um, other things? Okay, I'm going to go with Diane Keaton. No. No? No, Susan Ooh. Sarandon. And this oh, was recent, why? actually. So so the backstory here is that um, it was not the most recent election, but the, okay. the one before that. Okay. Um, Susan Sarandon was a big supporter of Bernie Sanders. Okay. Deborah Messing, who you know from Will and Grace, yes. was a big supporter of Hillary Clinton. And I guess uh. at one point, Susan Sarandon compared both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump to being both like equally as bad if they got oh, into office. Oh, Okay. Okay. So, yep. so after the election occurred and Donald Trump won, right. basically they both just started having it out with each other. Oh my God. I'll, oh my I'll God. I can some, only imagine. I'll read some tweets. So this is after the beef already started. So Deborah Messing tweeted at Susan Sarandon some pretty mean stuff about like an interview that Susan Sarandon did. Like so, that's insane. Why? So Susan tweets back Debs, which is never, Debs. she called her Debs. Debs. <laughs> That's she says before you get yourself all self-righteous try clicking on the video and listening to what I actually say not the clickbait headline which by the way oh has no God. quotation marks that's a clue I appreciate the sass that you're saying because it is spicy guys <laughs> let me see what what they say next oh my gosh um Oh, and then, yo, this is where it really gets petty because they both start like, you know how you can like retweet somebody? Yeah. They both started re retweeting people who hated the other person. If somebody's like, yo, oh Deborah Messing looks God. like garbage. It's like Susan Sarandon retweeted that. And you're like, what, <laughs> what is happening here, guys? This is so... Oh my God, Twitter, to so toxic. <laughs> so toxic. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, and you know how I said we were about to go off a cliff right. in terms of the ridiculousness? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, blank. Okay finally addresses nightly anal gerbil rumor. Wait, what? Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. William H. Macy? No. <laughs> I only say that because of Shameless and it's just yeah. wild. It's just wild. That that's, show is wild. Yeah, that's <laughs> Richard Gere? Yes. Richard Gere. Did you not hear about this? No. Okay. Oh my I, God, tell me. You Do I want to know? You listening must have heard this as well. You know how there were those weird rumors that nobody could substantiate, but every elementary school, middle school, high school in like the late 90s, early 2000s, y'all had the same rumors. 
You had the rumors the about... The gerbil butt rumors? You didn't hear about this? No. There was the rumor that Richard Gere liked... Oh! Yeah. No. Let your mind wander and you've probably reached your destination. That was that In was the rumor. When was this rumor? Uh, uh, like 25 years ago. So it would have oh, been... Oh, okay. Yeah, um, we, what... It's not substantiated, right? Well, like, so it's not... here's the thing. He never... He never addressed it. Oh. So it was probably like a tabloid thing. Like, hey, he likes dribbles. <clears throat> and then it's like Richard Gere never said no. So this that was just the story. It was probably some oh horrible, stupid tabloid. 100%. And now, like, uh, uh, this is from a few years ago. But he finally was like, by the way, that was not real. And we're like, oh, was you, you couldn't have freaking said that oh my 25 God. years ago? Maybe whoever his agent was was like, it's not a good idea. Silence is better. I can't believe you didn't you didn't I hear had that. No idea. There's also the um who's the artist who does the beautiful people? The beautiful people. The beautiful people. Marilyn Manson. There was also oh, the rumors about Marilyn well, Manson yes, that was yes, similar. Yes, yes. Not not similar, but just yep. like that he removed mm-hmm, ribs for a mm-hmm. certain purpose and right. you heard that one. I did. Okay, and similar thing. Was there anybody who came to school with like a hey guys? Here's a newspaper that's saying that, or was it just like everybody just knew it one day? Uh-huh. One day somebody said it and everybody knew that same rumor. <laughs> we grew up in different cities. Yes. And we both know the same rumor. Well, yeah. Same thing with Richard Gere in this gerbil. <laughs> and this particular gerbil. Well, it might have been multiples. We don't know. It's not real anyway. He said it's not real. Oh my God. Um. Okay. <laughs> this one's great. Blank. Slams One Direction saying they couldn't put on a good show with a gun to their heads. <laughs> okay, like, Who I said mean. That? <laughs> Diane Keaton. No, no. Is this William H. Macy? It was William H. Macy. That I was, was going to guess William it. One. I kind of yeah. didn't, only because I was like, if I guess him again and it's not it, that's three times in a row. Yeah. Um,. I mean, like, is that some shameless shit coming out there? Maybe. Like, maybe. This was also, I mean, obviously One Direction hasn't been around for a long time. Right. But this was like, maybe like, I don't know, seven, eight. Oh my God, remember. that's so He funny. was on live with Kelly, uh, Michael and Kelly, Michael okay. Strahan. And he was, they asked him like, hey, so you went to this One Direction show with your daughter? And he's like, yeah, I've been in showbiz all my life. So let me just say, those guys can sing. They're very talented. But they couldn't put on a good show with a gun to their heads. Oh my my daughter loved it, and so did about 17,000 other kids. He talked about how, I guess, during the show, Harry Styles went like to the side of the stage and started eating a sandwich. <laughs> and, and, of course, William H. Macy is like, I've been on Broadway, and if right. I'm doing a performance and I see a that. cast member yeah, eating a sandwich, yeah. I would punch them. Like, right. So you get where he's coming from. But, um, <laughs> what, but what a thing to say on an actual talk show. What a, like, hey, William H. Macy, what do you think about this? boy band i hate them <laughs> they're horrible oh wow interesting so uh you got none of those um yes i did get i yeah none none uh i've got one last one this is pretty recent this person has been uh on a date in 15 years oh diane keaton saying i'm kind of odd but i'm doing just fine yes there yes, you go yes i got this that was one. like in the I last actually, couple weeks yes i actually read that okay. yeah i read that article there you go now we're on to honorable mentions. My honorable mention is the cast. Because, like, the cast was unreal for this movie. So, so good. I want to honorably mention the director of the movie and creator of the play Cheaters, Michael Jacobs. Um, just because, like, he, he was... 
<laughs> Sarah, you don't know this, actually. He was the creator of one of your most hated pieces of television, which is... I don't know. Michael Jacobs, the director of this, also created Dinosaurs. Oh, God. The 90s sitcom Dinosaurs. He was also responsible for Boy Meets World. Oh, okay. And That's just a like good a one. lot of TV series, but yeah. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, so creepy. Ugh. But I feel like, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, it's going to tie into my what should have been, actually. So I'm going to honorably mention the director who also made the play, and now what should have been. So my what should have been is that apparently this play is very good. And for whatever reason, when it turned into a movie, mm. it didn't quite all translate. And I just, I think that what should have been here is that this guy, who has done maybe many TV shows, not many movies, and he did this play, should have just passed it off to somebody else. You know? Yeah. Because I think there are times where you're too close to the source material, too close to the thing you love. Even this podcast, for example, there are moments that Sarah and I need to take a step back and somebody else will like, you know, give us some feedback and you need to take a moment to digest that and change what you're doing. I feel like maybe having somebody else take the baton from him and be like, I'm an extremely talented movie director and I can make your play a fantastic thing probably would have been better, uh, achieved a better result. Yeah, I think I think if they had added more comedy to it, and created like a dramedy or, you know, I think it would have been kick-ass. I agree. Overall rewatchability. I've got chemistry. A 3.65. The chemistry was pretty good in this. Um, so storyline and imagination I want to talk about. Storyline, I've got a 2.8. Imagination, and I'm skipping ahead, I've got a 4.3. Because I think the story is very fascinating and very compelling and it's a very fun premise. So I like the imagination here. The storyline, how it was executed, though, I don't think was as strong. So, like, great idea. Um, execution just not not quite as high. Thirst Factor a 3. Soundtrack a 3. Cheese a 2.2. There were some funny moments in that big first meeting scene. But, and I want you to think about this. There's a, there's a moment where Richard Gere really, like, looks at the camera, and he's like, this is so awkward. And just the way he looks at the camera, it feels like a little slapstick, like it's a play. And I'm like, ah, okay, like that's, there, yeah, just some of the cheese didn't hit well with me. For an overall score of a 3.15, which is still an enjoyable watch, it's just, we're not, we're not putting this up into the rafters of like, ooh, I'm gonna, you know, next year around this time, I'm gonna make sure to rewatch this. This is a good, fun watch that you can probably feel satisfied watching. Move on to something else. My rewatchability is Chemistry 4, Storyline 2.9, Thirst Factor 3.5, Imagination 3.9, Soundtrack 3, Cheese 2. I think I got a handle on the cheese. Um, for an overall score of 3.21 out of 5. Okay, yeah, pretty similar, a little bit higher. But yeah, I, I think we're in agreement. A solid watch, and it's on Netflix. You can find it. This has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Maybe I Do... If you want to talk about anything you heard on this pod, anything rom-com related, throw us a message. DM at rom-com rewind on Instagram. Thanks for listening.